0: Everybody. welcome to The Business Bullseye. Uh, this is our first podcast today, and uh, I'm really excited. My name is TJ Reed, and I'm excited to be joined by my colleague and friend, Seth Stone. Uh, Seth, how are you today?
1: I'm good, TJ. How are you doing, man?
0: I'm doing good. It's a little bit colder I'm at, but uh, bundled up and excited to be talking about vision today with you.
1: Welcome to what weather's like in New York.
0: <laughs> That's the way it is, right? Um, since this is our first po- first podcast, Seth, I thought maybe you and I could just give a quick overview and intro of ourselves, and uh, kind of uh, give people a little bit of sneak peek into our backgrounds.
1: I like it, and since I don't like talking about myself, how about you go first?
0: Okay, sure. Uh, so my name is T.J. Reed. I live in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Uh, I have been in higher education for the last twelve years, uh, working currently as a consultant and customer retention uh, type of person. Uh, prior to that spent about a decade in a university leading a call center team of about 130 people and uh, also at the same time uh, launching another podcast called vitamin lead where I shared uh, healthy leadership principles there and so uh, I was really excited for the opportunity to do a podcast with somebody else because it's a lot more motivating and exciting and I love the concept we have for this Seth, uh, that we'll talk about here in just a second but uh, let me pass it to you I'd love to hear a little bit more about you.
1: TJ, you're a busy man. Um, yeah, I'm Seth Stone. I'm from upstate New York. Um, let's see, what do I do? Um, I've been in higher ed for a while, um, various administrative roles. Um, last ten years or so, I've been I've been teaching. Um, I teach business leadership, innovation, uh, master students, doctoral students. Um, it's a fun group. Um, yeah, I've been doing that for about ten years. Uh, I do consulting work um my consulting firm brightstone solutions um we do kind of everything that falls under the umbrella of organizational design um we do hr um uh, leadership development um org structure um strategic planning you know you kind of name it um a lot of things we don't do but like i said kind of falls under that under that piece of organizational design that's our space um yeah, and then uh for, for just for kicks, I, I um I own an online baseball card shop and um that uh that keeps me busy and and I guess kind of stressed in a good way sometimes and then uh excited in other ways. But um yeah, that's that's my story and uh kind of if I look at my career over the span of I don't know, 20 years, I guess now, um it's sort of like a I don't know, bit of a potluck that leaves you with indigestion. Um and so hopefully there's some <laughs> decent uh experience and and leadership uh nuggets that I'm able to uh pass along and 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 hopefully learn from some people that uh listen in and and contribute with their thoughts too.
0: I like I like that idea of uh indigestion because it's like realizing the the wrong things you ate uh as as a result of that experience and uh, how to, how to help yourself going forward. So
1: I've taken plenty of, uh, career Tums. Yeah. (laughs) That's cool.
0: Yeah. And, and so, yeah, to your point there, like we love that people that listen are going to be contributing and asking questions and sharing their own case studies of things that they've seen in their organizations. And so we always want to hear that from folks. They can email us at the business bullseye at gmail.com or, uh, hit us up on LinkedIn. Seth and I are both on LinkedIn. We'll make sure that those links go in our show notes here. And uh, we'd just love to hear from you and interact with you and learn more about you as well as listeners. Uh, The the premise of this podcast is really simple. Uh, We wanted to come together and uh, talk about, I I think we started this outset, Seth as like debunking business myths. And so uh, each episode, what we'll do is we'll share a statement Uh, that you often hear, whether it be on LinkedIn or just in business speak. And then what we'll do is we'll have a conversation around if you and I think that that's a bullseye or a BS statement. And so based on that, um, we'll then have a conversation. And I think you and I, one of the things that we both said that we want to make sure happens on each episode is we just want to give really tangible action points that somebody can do uh, around this statement and what it is. And so uh, anything that I missed there or anything you would add to that, Seth?
1: And nothing that you missed, I, I guess. Yeah, I just would reiterate a couple points. Um, you know, I, I think I think part of the motivation for both of us, right, is um, I really I can't stand it when when someone just kind of talks at me from a very philosophical level, and then there's nothing practical to take out of it or. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm sort of left scratching my head, or with more questions than than answers. And and I think sometimes with this podcast, you're going to be left with questions more than answers. And sometimes, you know, that's okay. That's a, that's sort of a natural thing, I think. But you know, I think um, really, if 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 ideally, if people can walk away with a you know a nugget, right, a nugget or two um, to go try out, see how it works, um, what works, what doesn't, you know, give us that feedback, make it interactive, and and you know, as far as people who are, you kind of come back to us. You know, I'm excited to hear about people from different industries, right? Like, I know the industries that I've worked in, I know the industries I've consulted in, um, but the, it doesn't it doesn't run the gamut, you know. And and so there's a lot of stuff out there that I haven't seen or haven't experienced, and so kind of excited to hear how some of this stuff works or or doesn't um, in industries that maybe I'm not as familiar with. And so you know, hopefully it's fun. Hopefully you get a laugh or two. Um, hopefully you'll be able to uh, commiserate at times. Um, I think I come across a little bit um, antagonistic, but I, I don't mean it to be like negative or anything like that. I just, I like to, I don't know, poke that bear a little bit and and see where we go. I like it.
0: And I, I'm sure I can come across a little bit more like Tigger from Winnie the Pooh, like bouncing around and, oh, ecstatic and whatever. So I, I think, think that makes it a great podcast. And I'm excited for this, uh, to have this conversation. So, Here's today's statement, Seth, and I want to hear from you. Is this a bullseye or a BS statement? The word vision is overused in organizations. The statement is the word vision is overused in organizations. Bullseye or BS statement?
1: Total bullseye.
0: Tell me, tell me why.
1: Um, I mean, I wish it was a BS statement, but I think it's a bullseye because i just i think it's misused right and so the, the 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 misuse and the overuse sort of overlap to me um i don't think i don't think a lot of times we really understand what vision is um i think we we have this tendency to sort of um use it as an excuse for other things you know um, whether it's overworking people and, and stretching them too thin, um, or setting unrealistic goals and expectations for individuals or teams that's based around a quote unquote vision. Um, you know, I think if you asked a lot of leaders how, how to define vision, I like on the spot, I think they'd have a hard time coming up with a succinct definition. Um, and, and certainly one, you know, that applies in a healthy way. To their organization, and so, um, yeah, I, I think it's just a word that can, tends to get kind of thrown around with with very little meaning, tangible meaning attached to it, and that, that's the part of it that kind of scares me, bothers me a little bit. Makes a lot of sense. What about you? I
0: so I'm going to go opposite. I'm going to say it's the BS statement because I don't think that vision is used enough in organizations. Um, Interesting, and maybe maybe not used properly either. So I think we kind of maybe, if there's vectors, I think we maybe overlap a little bit there, but especially recently, like what I'm hearing from people across a lot of different industries is the expectation is just nose to the grindstone and work. Uh, I, I heard 2023 being described as the year where everybody just had to make up for lost time, whether it be at work, home, life and stuff like that. And that's why everybody's feeling burnt out at the, at the end of the year. Um, and I feel like it gets lost there. I feel like companies talk a lot about company culture um, and what that is, but it's not well defined other than return to office and uh, have a cup of coffee with your colleagues. That's company culture, apparently. Um, but I, I don't see it used enough. Uh, and for somebody like me, like I, I don't know about listeners or about you, Like I'm really driven when I know here's how my contribution contributes to the bigger picture or the bigger purpose of what we're doing as a company. Um, and when I don't have that, I can get it's I can get like an empty gas tank real quick. Um, and I know that I'm responsible for filling my own vision tank when it comes to that as an employer, as a leader and stuff like that, um, which that's probably something else to talk about. But... Are
1: you though? Are you really? Are you? What? Are you responsible? Are you responsible for that? A hundred percent?
0: I think I think okay. So here's what I believe. I believe that as a leader of a team, I'm very responsible for refilling my own vision tank because every single person's vision tank leaks, and you're you need to be responsible for having a focus on what's important there. If your company is not giving it to you, I'm not saying it's very difficult to do that. But I am saying that I think that each of us is responsible for that. And our leaders can contribute to that and help with that.
1: All right. So that begs a really interesting question I have to ask. And then then we'll digress. Um, If you're not getting it from inside the organization, where the heck do you get it from? So I think
0: you as a person probably need to say, why did I take this role? If, If you're... I guess here's another caveat. Are you driven by vision and purpose in your work? Some people just want to just bang it out and and make the paycheck and stuff like that. I'm not like that. Like I really have to have some sort of vision or purpose to the work that I'm doing. And so if you're not getting it from your company, you've got to decide on a regular basis, why am I doing this and and what makes it that? And so... um, I think people can absolutely do that, if even if they're not getting it from their leaders, but it takes a lot of intentionality and self-reflection.
1: Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. Um, and you're right, there, there are a lot of people who don't have that interest, right? Like I live in upstate New York, um, I live in the capital, right? Near the capital, Albany. Um, like 80% of the workforce here is state employees. Maybe it's not actually 80, but it's a lot, right? And like, you know, there's mostly people who just they sign up. They want to go to work for 30 years, bang it out and just be done. Yeah. And, um, you know, they can live with the bureaucracy. They can live with no vision. They can live in just walking through massive amounts of red tape for 30 years. And it's like water off a duck's back. And that would drive me crazy personally. Because yeah. um, I'm, I'm like you, like, you know, like, I set the bar so high for myself, I can't. I usually can't hit it, um, Yeah, the just mad. I would
0: say like, like it's, it's a life of frustration sometimes when you want to be driven by purpose and vision in the work that you're doing, it can be so frustrating being that type of a wiring.
1: Yeah. I talk about it with my therapist at least like once a month. So <laughs> um, it's pretty frustrating, but um, you know, so there's, there's, there's different places on that spectrum. Right. Um, but, you know, I want to, I want to back up. I want to back up actually to one of the things you said before, you know, how it's like, so culture focused, right? It's So culture focused in organizations right now, but hasn't, hasn't culture just sort of been eaten up by vision, right? Isn't, aren't, aren't people, isn't there some, some, um, overlap there, right? Is, is, is culture almost becoming a substitute for vision? You know, what we're trying to create, the experience we're trying to have, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, is that a real thing? And and I guess, is it valid, right? Or is that just a misuse of vision or a lack of understanding of vision?
0: Oh, that's a good question. I don't have an immediate answer. I'd love to hear what you're thinking, like dive a little bit deeper down that rabbit hole, but, um,
1: Oh, I'd, I'd be happy to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think, I, I guess, yeah. I mean, I think, I think that's one of the, one of the things that I guess I was talking about initially and like this kind of misuse of vision, right? Like, um, you know you talked about, you know, have a cup of coffee with your coworkers. you know, get find a way to get back to the office five days a week, even though three years ago we told you you were going remote indefinitely and and you know, since then you've like expanded your family and now you need child care. and you know all these like really practical things that totally suck for you now. Um, you know, hurry up and figure out how to fix that so you can align with where we are, right? Align with where we're going. um and where we're going where we're going is the vision, right? Whether it's explicitly stated as vision or not Um, the path that an organization is going that, that to me is, that to me is the vision. Um, You know, I I feel really bad for companies whose North star is five days a week back in the office and wanting to fight that fight, but that's a different conversation for a different day. Um, And so, yeah, I I think there's a lot of these things that, 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 we can get tripped up with um that that kind of fall into this larger category of vision that really mm, at the end of the day yeah it is about culture and and the right culture will get you to the vision that you have but if you don't have a vision that's exclusive of something like culture um to me you don't really have a vision
0: yeah it's really good you got you got the wheel spinning for me like i'm having a hard time putting words to what i'm saying but you're you're so right. Like, I I wonder if we've almost kind of like dumbed down vision and replaced it with culture as like a substitute because we don't necessarily know which direction we're going because the world's moving so quickly or it's been so tumultuous the last few years and um, things like that. I wonder if that's the easiest thing to cling on to and that's why we that's why a lot of companies are trying to cling on to that because they don't really know like what's the right direction right
1: now? I mean, I think I think a, a reality that you and I can probably agree on is having a vision is scary, mm-hmm. right? Like looking out into the future to say, this is where we want to be, or this is where we're going to be, right? If you're, if you're so bold. This is where we're going to be five years or 10 years from now as a company, um, knowing how many things can change during that time period you know your staff turnover um your needs in in you know multiple other ways um the economy you know the global business landscape whatever whatever you know whatever factors you're prioritizing or looking at knowing that those things can shift dramatically i think it's scary to put a vision out there and i think that's why a lot of people don't do it Hmm. i don't know what do you think
0: yeah, I think, I think that makes a lot of sense. And I think, like, as we're talking this out, I think that's why a lot of people have pulled back from it, because they're like, well, what if this happens, or that happens? How does that, how does that change what we're doing here? Um, and maybe they just don't know, like, i it it's rare to hear a compelling vision, right? Like I you hope to hear it, but they they I think the ones that ring true so much is because there's so many that don't ring true that are just kind of mediocre and maybe tepid attempts at at what vision can be for going forward. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, usually they've hired a consultant and, and they've come up with like this, you know, they paid way too much money to come up with this really drab statement that doesn't really mean anything. Um, but then you're supposed to adopt it and own it and treat it like it's this living thing. It's it's very dichotomous in that way, right? Um,
0: yeah, somebody said put X verb in here, like you've got to search for a verb of what you're going to do this to solve X problem. And everybody just kind of pastes that on a wall and says this is what we're doing, right?
1: Right, right. Yeah, and and I mean, you know, those are those are fun activities. Don't get me wrong, and you can garner a lot of support in like the moment. But in terms of taking that back to your desk or your office and your day to day, when you know you've had a really crappy day, um, is that something you can cling to, or is it just a statement on a on a little placard on your desk or tagline under your email signature or whatever? Um, you know, does it mean anything? So I guess that's that's a question. Like, well. Let me hold that one. How do, how, one thing maybe is helpful to flesh out right now, because we're talking about, you know, this idea of even defining what vision is. So how, how could we define vision for people listening to this? Like in the most, in the simplest terms.
0: It's a picture of the future that prompts action from the people involved. That's that's how I would define vision.
1: I love it. I love it. Open-ended, but still very much pointing down the road, right? Um, We have to get to this unknown, but desired future state, right? Um, And, and I mean, the cool thing to me about vision is, is you're going to, you're going to throw a dot on the map, right? Some, somewhere way, 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 way down the road. And then, that's the easy part, right? But the hard part is then backing up and figuring out how you're going to get there. Yeah. And I think a lot of it falls short in that space, right? Like it's easy to throw the dot out on the map. Um, still scary, like we were saying before. And that's why I think a lot of people are reluctant to do it. But if you can get over that initial fear, I think it's 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 not that hard, right? It's not that hard to throw the dot on the map somewhere. Um, hopefully you went through a little more thought than than just kind of plucking something out of the clear blue sky, but then backing up and actually getting there. Yeah. I think, I think that's the hard part. And so um, I think that's where the, that's where the overuse, right. And misuse comes into play. And I think can be, can be really stifling um, because we don't lay out pathways to really achieve the vision. I mean, it might be tied to your performance review you you know you have metrics that surround it, whether you're in sales or operations or you know whatever the case is, yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, is that really, is that really uh, filling your tank, as you like to say?
0: Right. Yeah. It makes it makes me think like I'm I'm starting to you know I, it's probably weird that I'm thinking like in smart goals like that just came to my mind, but like. If a vision can be accomplished in a year, is it really a vision or is it something that needs to, that you could contribute five, 10, a lifetime towards for it to be a compelling vision? I don't know, like, but that's a question I'm just asking myself as I'm sitting here thinking about it is what does that look like? like does it have to be something that really is unattainable to your mind right now, but you know that you can take some steps towards it where you're at today?
1: I mean, I think that's a really important question. And I, to me, I could be wrong. Probably am wrong. But to me, the answer lies in what kind of workforce do you have, right? Do you have a workforce that can handle this sort of infinite vision that may never come to pass, but you have a, a bunch of super high achievers, really smart, um, really driven, really motivated, always want to push themselves. Um, that group might really be okay. Living in that space for an indefinite period of time, um, with the idea that you know maybe one day we land on the moon, right? Maybe we do. Maybe we actually do it. Um, and, and on the you know the very opposite side of that spectrum, I I think you know there are workforces that they can't handle, they can't handle going past a year, the fiscal year, right? Um, and they need to break that down by quarter. Um, and that, that's not a it's not a function of intelligence or capability it's it's about wiring it's about skill set it's it's about what the company is trying to achieve right i mean um you know a lot of companies live in a quarter to quarter world and and they have to for various reasons and so naturally that they're going to hopefully draw the kind of workforce that's going to uh produce in that way and and there are other companies that have a little bit more liberty in terms of you know kind of Going out into the the great unknown and and seeing what happens and and you know everything in between right but um I think I think it depends on on who you have right and and who you're accountable to yeah
0: I'm 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 thinking of a story like so I, I as I mentioned in the intro I led a, a call center team and uh the vision almost became the goal of reaching X number of students each year, right? But the problem was is that every three to six months as we're doing that, we reach that goal, we celebrate for a second and then it's the next thing. Like, it's just like, we're going to the next thing. And it became kind of this moving target that I saw for my workforce actually become really deflating. They're like, we don't just stop for a second and truly celebrate this amazing milestone that we've actually achieved. It's just like pat on the back, Let's keep going. And so I wonder if that's more culture having to complement better really strategic vision, right? Like how do you care for people that are really actually executing and making this impossible vision happen?
1: Yeah. I mean, that's a that's a really good point. And and I guess I want to be clear, I wasn't suggesting that it's pedal to the floor and you never stop, right? You you're yeah. right. You know, you you have to take you have to take breaks, you have to celebrate accomplishments and achievements um you know and do it genuinely right um i worked at a place one time i'll leave it the you know unnamed right um do you know what you got for you do you know what the gift was for your two-year anniversary two-year work anniversary which by today's standards is like a decent amount of time to be at a job
0: yeah that's like that's like do you're you, you want
1: on the team at that point do you want to know what it was i'd love to hear a five dollar gift card to Dunkin' Donuts. Did you it wasn't even Dunkin' Donuts. I don't think so. It, it, it wasn't even like Dunkin' Donuts proper. It was like it was like a offshoot kind of like coffee shop, okay. like local to this area. But like five dollars. Five dollars. Mm. Don't don't give don't do anything if you're gonna do that. You know what yeah. I mean? And don't yeah. and don't give out stupid paper certificates. Nobody wants them they're just going to feel compelled to like put them up in their cubicle or their office. It's uncomfortable. They don't want them. Like just leave it alone. Like, I'm not saying you have to go, you know, buy them like a $5,000 whatever, but like, or give them some ridiculous bonus, but I'm just saying like, do something meaningful, do something meaningful. They're going to appreciate. And hopefully if you've taken the time to actually get to know the people who work for you, you're going to know what What means what to who. Yeah.
0: Yeah, don't just put a templated response on that, but give give uh, a whole gamut of possibilities to do there. That's that's probably a good thing. That can probably lead us down like a, maybe another topic here is I think you've got to consider the people, right? Like the, the the people need to be a primary driver of the vision, not that having that one person is going to help you accomplish it. Cause I think that can lead you down the wrong path, but making sure that like your vision actually includes like how you treat your people, how you care for the people that are helping these things to happen and how you're going to help them see growth in themselves as a result of working for your company and being a part of what you do, because if you don't do that, um, I think you just view them as like an expendable resource you know, we call them human resources. They're just an expendable resource that once that one burns out, I guess I just got to go find a new one that doesn't have the um, ill feelings towards getting burnt out at this work.
1: So here's a question, and I'm going a little bit off topic, but not. Okay. What, What term is worse, human resources or human capital? Ooh, I don't know. They're both lousy.
0: Yeah.
1: So I don't know if, I I don't even know if there's like a clear winner because they both suck. Um, And now I forgot what I was going to say. But, you know, going back to it, I mean, I think, you know, when you're thinking about vision, where does it come from, right? It comes from the leader at the top.
0: Yeah.
1: Can we agree with that, right? It comes from the leader at the top.
0: But does it have to? But does it have to? I wonder if people are thinking
1: that nowadays. I think it should. I still believe it should. Maybe I'm old school like that. I don't know. I want to hear your thoughts on it in a second, but before I, you know, I'm getting old. So before I lose my train of thought again, um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, you know, in order to really cast a vision, you need a transformational leader, right? Like that's just basic leadership theory and, and practice, right? You need a transformational leader. Um, someone who really can tell and sell a story. Um, really just paint a picture for people that is so clear in terms of what the future could and should look like, that it gets people just fired up, like, like ready to jump out of their seat, fired up. Um, And that's a unique, that's a unique person. So, you know, it's really hard to have a compelling vision if you have more of a transactional leader, right? You do this, Mm -hmm. I give you this. Right. Yeah. Or if you have a servant leader, right, who said, you, you know, look at the bottom line, you're here to serve. That's it. End of story. Um, we might not celebrate as much um, because you're here to serve. And, and, and this is this is not a, a judgment of any particular leadership style, to be clear. Um, but, you, you know, and if you're, if you're thinking along the, the, the vision train, uh, you have to understand what kind of leader you have, too. But I want to go back to that point from before you know so I I think it has to come from the top but you say not so much
0: yeah I I, I wonder if so the, the the first example that came to my head like is Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak right like they're kind of doing this thing in a garage I know that Steve Jobs could do a great job of painting a picture but I don't think that you have that evolving without the combination of the two like, I think that there could be more people. If a new company is starting out, I think that there's more than just one. There might be one that can communicate it, but I think there's more than one that makes up what that looks like a compelling vision for the future that they believe in together. Cause you don't have a company unless somebody else wants to do that with you. Right. Like, um, yeah. And then, and then it also makes me think for bigger companies that maybe have gone through some downward spirals. If they would do well to revisit the people that have been there for a while and why they do it, like if that can shape a vision for the future together there, instead of the leader being the one to crystallize it all the time, because I think people can also get in a lot of trouble being the one leader that has to crystallize all of that. Because what if your leader is exhausted in this season because they've gone through a lot and they just haven't opted out? You have a you have an exhausted leader that's giving an exhausted vision there when there might be other people that could speak into it and breathe new life into
1: it all good points for sure um you know the 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 jobs and and wozniak thing is is it's compelling the only thing i i and i agree with you right you have to have a few cooks in the kitchen right it's not just one person it's not one person making the entree all the time right it just that's not how it works but at the end of the day wozniak was never up on that podium with jobs when he was doing a big release right? It was him. He was the face. 95% of the people who consumed the product, who turned in to to watch that whole dog and pony show, it was Jobs, right? He was the face of it. Um, So there's a a part of that I think it's hard to escape, right? Whether you want to or not, I think it's a practical reality of the world we live in, um, perpetuated by media, social media, et cetera, et cetera um but you know to your other point i would hope i would hope that your senior leaders around the leader right the quote unquote the leader hope the other senior leaders hope directors mid-level managers they're not just sitting back and and like with their sitting on their hands waiting for the vision to continue to be cast over and over and over hopefully that's trickling down right hopefully hopefully they're empowered to to take that right kind of make it their own in some ways adopt it to their style and kind of run with it with their teams. And, and then, you know, circling way back to your earlier point, then, then they are kind of responsible for motivating their teams and, and, and getting, you know, getting at the heart of what makes those people kind of click and tick. Right. Um, yeah. Cause you, you, you know, you want that, but it's hard for those people in those positions to, um, to be able to effectively do that. I think we're handcuffing them a little bit if there isn't a consistent message coming from the top. So I think it—I don't want to overcomplicate this. I think it le- alleviates some of the pressure on the on on the the head leader, right? To uh, have those folks in place who can really take the vision and, and run with it. Um, and I think you need that, but the messaging has to be consistent. And I think it it has to come from Roughly the same source, pretty consistent.
0: Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I I agree with it. I, I agree with everything that you're saying. I just I've seen in like especially in larger organizations, ones that I've consulted with or worked with and stuff like that. I feel like it's the senior leaders are responsible for distilling this vision, but they're not responsive to the people that are actually executing the vision and the pain points that they have with how that vision's being fleshed out. And, and so like, I guess that's the, that's the thing I'm getting caught up on is like, I feel like if you just have the top down approach and you don't do a good job with that, like you're not actually being responsive to how the vision could evolve and probably is going to evolve in real time with the people that are actually executing it.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. That's why it usually falls apart somewhere. Yeah. And that's that's how I think that's how we get into manipulating vision into all these other things, right? Like we need everybody needs something to cling on to at the end of the day, right? You don't just come to work for no reason. I mean, obviously the paycheck is is important, and you need that. So I'm not I'm not, you know, eliminating that component of it. But hopefully, there's a little bit more than that, right? Just a little bit. Um, so, you know, if if you inherently, like cognitively understand, you know, people need something more to grab onto than just their paycheck and just their health insurance. And, you know, the vision is getting lost somewhere. What are you going to, what are you going to give them? You're going to give them that, that coffee hour on Friday afternoon, right. As part of the culture. Um, and say, you know, that's, that's part of the vision of, of where we're getting to, where we're getting to, where we're going, right. Um, how we're getting to where we're going and, um you know this is team building team building is a part of the vision we want strong cohesive teams to meet our objectives um and that cup of coffee it's that's the that's the uh magic elixir right um seriously right and then then that's that's where i think that's where i think it gets that's where i think it starts to get um misused sort of by this like default almost um and it gets overused then we beat the ever-loving crap out of it i mean I'm so sick of hearing about culture at this point. Yeah. Um, like you scroll your LinkedIn feed. I mean, it's like literally every other post is like a meme about culture. And like, I've always said, like, once something gets distilled down to a meme on LinkedIn, like it's overdone, like let's stop talking about it. Let's give it room to breathe and rest for a while. Um, cause it's just not a, it's not a healthy focal point of discussion anymore. Um,
0: I right. guess we need a we need a visionary to change the language, right? When it gets down to meme meme
1: level. Well, you know what? That's so that's all right, here's the thing. We got like five minutes left, right? Um what do you do? How how do you cast a vision that isn't overused, isn't just lip service, isn't manipulated or distorted, but actually does what you want it to do. Right. Going back to your definition from before.
0: Yeah. It's a picture that creates action. Um, Yeah. One of the things I learned early on, I had a great mentor early on that said this to me, and I have even recently seen my brother-in-law do it with his kids, but just the idea. So here's, here's a good action point. The idea that if you do one thing a month, that's contributing towards your vision, like you just try to pick one action you're going to do, or one new habit you're going to do a month. The amazing thing is, is when you get to the end of a year, you've got 12 actions that you've taken. It's it's like you've taken 12 steps towards the picture that you've created for the future. And so I think as leaders, we've got to think about the cyclical seasonality of what we do, things like that, and when certain steps would be important or impactful. But if we're going there, what steps am I going to take in January, February, March, April, whatever, to get to that place where I need to get for the vision or at least the part of the vision to be accomplished this year in that. So I think that's what I would say. I've seen that be so effective uh, in the work that I've done and the teams that I've led, uh, because then we can point to something each month that we've done that's actually made an impact on the vision. What would you say,
1: Sarah? I like that. I like that a lot. And I have a question, but I guess I'll come back to it. Um, I think you need a really good storyteller. Yeah. I really do. I think it starts there. I'm not saying that's, that's the end, right? I think it starts there though. I remember I was working for a very large, large, large company. Um, and they, they flew us down to Texas for this like week of kind of training and had all these different, uh, folks kind of ushering in and out of the room all week. And most were pretty much a snooze fest, but there was this one guy came in. It was like, uh, I remember I can remember, and this is like 15 years ago. It was like a Thursday afternoon. And he just started, he told the history in such a vivid and vibrant way. And and he just made such a compelling story for for what the future could look like and our role in it, that it was just like, whoa, this dude is like, I mean just like on fire, man, like for three hours, I was captivated. It was, it was insane. Um, and my attention span is not that great. So it was, I was really compelled. And, and, uh, I, I saw him, um, he was at the same hotel, you know, we were all staying at and, and, uh, I talked to him right before dinner in the, um, in the hotel bar and, and, uh, I said, I asked him, you know, how long have you been? How long have you been with the company? He goes, oh, I don't, I don't work here. I'm a consultant. They just, they hire me to do exactly what I came in and did today. I've been doing it for 20 years. Wow. And I do it for other companies too. Um, and it, it blew my mind at the time. It absolutely blew my mind. And, and, you know, the thing is, I can even look back now and I, I said, none of that, none of that. And he was very transparent about it, right? There was no secrets. He wasn't hiding anything. Um, and I'm not saying that is the only path but i'm saying my experience showed me that, that was really effective hmm. right so whether it's from internal or external um, you know figure out figure out what your story is you know uh, own your history create your future and tell it in a way that people are going to get excited about it's i think it starts there
0: yeah yeah it, it reminds me like somebody once said like you want to when you're speaking to folks you want to give them a point for the head and a picture for the heart because we you know we all think emotionally before we ever think logically, that's literally how our brains are wired. So if you can enter into somebody's psyche through the emotional, the story, which is what story does. Story kind of breaks down our defenses and helps us to be able to see things in a fresh way. And so uh, I think that's that's really good. That's a good point, Seth.
1: I think stories help us keep connected too, right, in yeah. a different way, yeah, right. and then and then we don't need the filler fluff, yeah. Um, we don't need the misuse, right. Cause the, 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 everyone can remember a good story. Yeah. And so then the vision is, is it's there. It's just, it's right there in front of you and you can recall it like that. I mean, I, I the fact that I think, yeah, we're going 15, 16 years and I, I can still remember most of that talk, what the vision was. Um, and it, yeah, like I said, it's, it still stays with me and probably will forever, honestly. So I think a good story is really important. I agree.
0: Well, hopefully people heard a good story today in our conversation. Hopefully they got some practical points as well as some questions to consider uh, from their end. Uh, anything final words you'd add, Seth?
1: No, just that I want to. I want to hear some feedback. I feel like um, we ended up hitting more things than maybe we initially uh, bargained for. But I think uh, you know, I don't know, a little bonus cover, little bonus material or whatever. That's that's cool, right? But uh, yeah, I, I want to hear some feedback and uh, see what people are thinking.
0: Yeah. If, if we hear from people, we could even, you know, divert into those directions that they want to hear more about. So we want to hear from. Oh, definitely. Our listeners. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Well, thanks for your time today, Seth. And thanks listeners for uh, listening to this first episode of the Business Bullseye. We hope you'll join us and uh, learn along with us here uh, moving forward.
1: All right. Thanks.
0: See you later, everybody. Bye-bye.